0: Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Lauren St. George, coach, consultant, and she is the founder of What's Next. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you, AJ. Welcome to the show. Welcome to India. And I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from what you have to say, especially we'll be talking about how to motivate myself or anybody, how you can motivate yourself out of inaction. So uh, Lauren, my first question is that why do people become inactive? Is it different than being lazy? And is inaction when we are talking about in your case, Uh, that we are talking about, is it out of uh, some things that have triggered that inaction or is it that even in day to day life we just become inactive and that has nothing to do with laziness? How do you explain that, the importance of coming out of that inaction inaction part and getting to live the life that one wants? Help us understand this aspect of not only the great work that you do, but also, you are helping businesses when you don your uh, when when you don your consultant's hat with Accenture and help businesses and their clients. Help us understand this.
1: Absolutely, I think uh, inaction and laziness are different things. Um, inaction is really, I think, comes from a place of um, either not knowing what you want to do next, uh, or really, at the end of the day, it's our brain telling us that we want to stay in a comfortable place. So when you find yourself running on autopilot, um, that's your brain feeling happy because we're designed to seek comfort um to to not break patterns to you know to pretty much stay in a comfortable safe place Uh, and so when when we do want to change um it takes a lot of effort um it takes motivation it takes having a goal to really get you out of that place because you've got to move out of that place of comfort um which can be uncomfortable and can be scary and our brains are wired to want to keep us in a safe place. And so uh, when we do have these ideas of, of wanting to change, when we have the thought of what do you want to do next, um, that's sometimes when your fight or flight is going to kick in and it's going to try and knock down the idea. Um, that's when that inner voice is saying, ah, no, that's not a good idea. Well, you're not going to be able to do that, or you might as well just sit back down. Um, so I think it's the way we're wired is, is how we get in action. Um, is one is one of the areas is is the way that our brain is 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 made. Um, the other is fear of failure. I think it keeps people in a place of being inactive of not taking that first step because um, we're afraid that we're going to get it wrong um, because we've kind of we've come out of a a, a school system um, that teaches us we're going to get it right the first time we're going to get the right answer the first time. There's no room for failure. Um, and there's other factors in, in terms of why people are afraid to take that first step. So, um, those are a few things I think that are at play when you find yourself inactive and not sure what to do next.
0: Right, right, Lauren. You are the founder of What's Next, a one of a kind, highly engaging program that helps people figure out their next, their best next chapter. Uh, often, this need for change is triggered by a major life event, divorce, grief, empty nester retirement or feeling stuck. So what are these things? Because isn't isn't this something very natural? If you you get that shock, then you become inactive for some time. Is it a permanent state with people? Does it happen that you get some problem and then you, you don't come out of it for a long, long time? How does it differ from people to people? And when do we know that, okay, this is the grieving time. Of a loss of individual of a loss of relationship of anything that has happened and then after the grieving time is over our body will readjust our mind will readjust and then we'll come out of that that situation and it will be again back with life how do one know that it is the time to actually get a some help get help somebody from someone like you especially with your program what's next so help us understand this part of the action, even you even you know Newton's law of notion, uh, motion is that okay. When a thing is in inertia, then you need that nudge. Mm-hmm. And then whenever, but that also there is another uh, that another official law is that if there is an action, there is always a reaction to it. Mm-hmm. So if there is grief, there will be pain, and there will be inaction. How do you look at it overall, and when does intervention come in from a person like?
1: So intervention comes in from someone like me I think once you've once you've once you've had some time to work through grief once you've had some time to sit in action, once you have done some of the work that you need to do because I'm not uh, by any means uh, a doctor or a therapist and there are definitely times when you need to seek help from those individuals in order to help you work through Uh, grief or a difficult uh, time. But I think once you have done some of that work and you're ready to really think about what does the future look like for me, when you can look towards the future and not towards the past, um, is a great time for me to come in. And so for people who who are stuck and unsure of what they want to do next, usually they're hitting a tipping point. They're sick of being in the place that they are in. You've, 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 come to a point of realizing that this is not what you want, but you're not quite sure what you do want. And so that's that's usually when I come in, um, when people are feeling unsure, when they're feeling stuck, but they're ready to do something about it. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, um, you know, to get momentum going, you need to take an action. Um, and oftentimes uh, that action could, needs to be a very small step. Um, and i think you need to then you know continue to take those steps but the, taking the first step is always the hardest because it's it's going from a state of inaction to to a state of action and then it becomes easier to keep going so for the people who come to me and 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 start to work with me it's usually at a tipping point where they're just sick of feeling the way that they're feeling and they're ready to do something new they've they've done some grieving they have had a period of time of being inactive um, and now they they're actually seeking change.
0: Right. Right. So what uh, you talked about that first step fear uh, that thing to get started to come out of that inactive period and, and sometimes it can be a long inactive period, which is not needed. So how do you take that first step For say anybody who has had any loss of a relationship or of a family member. Now, then they get stuck in that position. They just want, they are very comfortable in that life. And and they are also, you know, even in relationships, when you have some sort of a difficult time in in that sort of a thing, you start doubting yourself. And then you think, okay, the next, even if the next thing is something very good, you start doubting yourself and you are afraid of losing that new thing that is there in the offering for you and you don't do it so how do you start uh taking that first step how do you do that because an individual if most confident of individual may also find it difficult to get started to get back to things going when it comes to restarting their life after a you know after an inactive period
1: I mean, I think the thing, the first thing is you've got to uh, be compassionate with yourself because if you're coming out of a tough period, it's not, uh, it's not a linear line. Um, there are going to be setbacks. There are going to be days where just getting out of bed is enough. Um, but I think it starts with having a goal um, and allowing yourself to dream about what's possible. Um, and then I think the next piece of that is understanding why. Why do you want to do this? Because I, I think if you don't understand your why, you're not going to have the motivation to keep going, or when it gets tough, um, you're going to lose sight of of what that end goal is. So I, to me, it's paramount to figure out what your why is because I believe that sustains uh, motivation and momentum. I then think you need to take small steps initially. Um, the smaller the better. So if if the if you are wanting to, um, and this is a, a simple example, but you know, say you're wanting to get in shape. I suggest the first step you do takes less than two minutes. Maybe it's figuring out uh, where the gym is, or it's finding your uh, running shoes again, so that you can you can go out and be active. Um, but then do just do that, and then that that's a small win. And then the next day, do something more. And the next day, do something more, um, and build it up, you know, bit by bit over time. Don't all, all of a sudden run out and go do a you know a 10k run. Um, because because it's not, not going to keep you motivated the next day when you wake up and you sore and can't walk. So you know I, I really believe in setting that goal, understand your why, taking small steps, and then rewarding yourself when you are successful. Um, we want to keep ourselves motivated and we want to build trust with ourselves that when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. So you know don't don't set uh, you know set the goal too far out. Um, or make sure you have smaller goals in between that help you keep going. And if you can reward yourself and celebrate the small wins, you'll keep yourself motivated um, and you'll keep going forward. So, you know, I I think you, again, you have to be compassionate with yourself. Um, Everyone's timeline is different. Um, Do not judge yourself based upon someone else. I think you can look towards others and say, You know, they can do that. There's no reason why I can't do that. But your timeline might be very different because we have different things in our lives, right? We have different responsibilities and expectations and family and friends and work and all of these things. Um, And so I think we have to be compassionate with ourselves and give ourselves the time to get there and everyone will get there in a different time period. Just keep with it. I think consistency is key uh, when it comes to making change happen.
0: Right, right, Laurence. So in terms of, you talked about friends and uh, family. So Mm -hmm. in those times, all these people you expect or you think that they will be around you, but sometimes you may not have uh, that great relationship with either friends or family, or they may have a very different view of the situation that you are in. Mm -hmm. So how do I move forward, move out of my inactive period, Or how do I keep myself motivated when I am the only one? How do I build up a support system when the normal support system is
1: not there? It's a fantastic question because I think support systems are are a big part of um, people being successful. And, um, yeah, everyone has a different support system or they don't have a support system. Um, So I think you start by looking at who are probably the five to ten people that you spend the most time with. Uh, on a consistent basis um, and are they people who are going to support you or not support you? because um, I, I think you need to especially when you're when you're taking on something new, I think you need to be very uh, aware of the people around you that are going to try and knock down that idea and say, that's ridiculous. Why are you doing that? Um, Or you shouldn't try or any of those things. So I think you have to be very careful about who you talk to about what you're, what you're about to embark on. Um, And then I think you need to make sure that the people who do support, you know what you're doing so that they can be um, your, your cheering team. Uh, And if you don't have them, then I think you need to, you need to create that support system and it doesn't need to be 10 people. It could be one person, right? um but i think if it's not in, if you don't already have them you need to go out and find them and you can do that by you know joining a group of people who are doing something that's similar to what you want to be doing if you're starting a small business Find an organization, find a a meetup group um, of people who are starting small businesses, because if you want to surround yourself with people who are doing similar things to you, you can learn from them, you can help each other out. So, you know, you can join groups, you you can reach out to friends to see if they know people who are doing similar things to you. Um, you can certainly make sure that um, that you're not telling the people who are going to cut down cut down an idea. But I think yeah, it definitely is that much more likely that you'll be successful if you have some people who are supporting you along the way.
0: Right, right, Lauren. Tell us about your what next? What's next program? Because I guess this will better explain exactly what you do, how you do, and how people actually can get help. From you, and at what stage is it is it possible to join it? So tell us about the program that you have devised. It's a one of a kind program, as you say. <laughs>
1: um, it's a it's a six week program. Uh, it's a it's a group coaching uh, program because I believe that there um, there's some power to bringing a group of people together. It's it's usually four to seven people um, who I've I've spoken with to make sure we're, that they're on similar journeys. Um, There's instant accountability because you're showing up for yourself and you're showing up for others. Um, You have a community now of people who can support you. So they're on similar journeys. They may be looking at a different part of their life to you, but you at least know you're not alone and feeling stuck. Um, You also have people coming in with different life experiences and expertise and skills who are now a sounding board for you and can give you new ideas that perhaps you haven't had before because I believe... If you keep asking the same question, you're going to get the same answers. So I really, you know, part of my program is about disrupting your thinking, getting you out of your comfort zone so that you can come up with some new ideas um, and really put a plan in place. It's important to me that people leave the program with a concrete plan that they can now go and, and, and put into action so that they know step by step what they need to do. So uh, over six weeks, I take people uh, remotely. We do it on Zoom. Um, I take them from you know that place of feeling unsure or unclear on what they want to do next, all the way through. Um, uh, ideating and coming up with ideas on, on what they could be doing next, um, helping them to the, whittle that down and decide on actually what they want to put their energy towards, um, helping them think of ways that they can test out that idea with, without completely you know, uh, quitting their work and, and jumping to something new, but what's the best strategy to transition from one thing to the next, and then putting that plan in place to get them there. Um, and so the people I work with range from, from people who are wanting to change careers, um, might want to start their own business all the way to people who just feel like they want their mojo back, that they that they you know they're looking for more fulfillment. Um, how do you know how do they find that in their life? Um I've had people who want to, you know, sort of think through what does it look like now, you know, my new life look like after I have I am divorced. Um it it can be certainly on your personal side of things and on the business side of things that i work with individuals
0: right right lord how does it work uh, in the business setting tell us more about it because uh, you talk about when you wear your consultants hat and then you work with uh, accenture you help their internal teams and their top clients solve big problem, uh, big challenges so does this program also work in the business setting in a larger in a larger manner how can they take help
1: of this particular? For for businesses, typically I, I, I work on a on a one to one basis and come in as a consultant. My background is in is in uh, branding and marketing. Uh, with Accenture, I I run workshops to help people really think through um, challenges. So uh, my training is in design thinking and other creative problem solving methods. Um, but I have found that those the same things that I use with businesses, a lot of those tools work very well for individuals as well. And so that's why there's the the group coaching program. So um, on the consultant side, I, it tends to be more of a one to one coaching or, or myself and the business, whoever on the business side is, uh, is part of the decision making. Um, and then on the on the individual side, I do more of a group group coaching. So um, because I I think it's harder when you're dealing with larger businesses to bring, you know, multiple, multiple people from multiple businesses together, they've definitely got very different challenges that they're that they're working on. So So that's why I wear two hats, because because they are slightly different. But the the methods I'm using um, are largely the same because we're looking to disrupt thinking, to come up with with new ideas, to envision what the future looks like um, and and to come up with solutions to to get us to that goal. So that's how I wear those hats.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. So how do how do people connect with you? What's the best way to connect uh, with what's next? To connect with you, either to know more about your program, and also if businesses want to engage with you and take your help for their teams.
1: Absolutely. So you can uh, you can find me through answerwhatsnext.com dot com, which is the the what's next website. Um, through there, you can book a call with me, and, and happy to 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 meet and chat with anyone who's interested in learning more. Um, on the business side of things, you can find me on LinkedIn, Lauren Saint George. Um, you you can't miss me i'm 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 there <laughs> so those are the, the two best ways to get to find me
0: right right so you bring bring people out of inaction but is there a program to bring those lazy bones into action it, as they say either in friends family or even <laughs> in at work so how, how do they you get is there anything specific for them
1: <laughs> for people who are lazy, um, I think the first step is they're going to want to change. So if they're not ready to change, I think you're going to have an upward battle. So, um, you know, the only the only people that we can truly change are ourselves. Uh, and when we're ready to do that, I'm happy to help. <laughs> if you've got someone in your life who's lazy, you might have to make a different plan. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think ultimately people have to want to change for change to happen.
0: Absolutely. My last question to you, Lord, is that you help in motivating a lot of people and come out of their situations. And you know, all these things doing day in and day out can impact you. And actually you might find your own work getting stuck or your mind getting stuck. And then, so how do you yourself keep motivated uh, when you are just talking and solving other people's problems? Why I ask this is that a lot of people are into uh, various ways they keep on solving other's problems, either uh, mostly in professional life, even in personal life, to keep on solving, trying to help people. Mm-hmm. And then there is this concept of self-care. So how do you keep yourself mo- motivated enough to take care of your personal side as well as the business side?
1: It's a great question um, because self-care, I think, is very important. Um, when you look at for, for be, living a fulfilled life there's three areas to it there's um there's being feeling engaged in something whether that's work or a hobby or, or your family, but you feel engaged. Um, it's when you're reaching that state of flow and, and time ceases to exist. The other is absolutely self-care. You need to be thinking about yourself. Um, and, and the third is giving back. So my work with what's next is to me is very re- rewarding in helping people. So I'm very much engaged um, and I feel like I'm giving back in ways uh, with that. My self-care I think is around, um, I practice gratitude on a daily basis basis. I think that a positive mindset allows you to do so much more in life. Um, I'm very, very aware of my internal voice and shutting it down when it becomes a naysayer. Um, And then I think you also have to be careful about what you let into your mind. Um, So I curate what I listen to and what I watch and what I read. Um, You know, I'm not turning the news on first thing in the morning. I am spending time with my family and I'm enjoying uh, a meal or I'm going out and taking a walk. Um, I'm not reaching for my phone and immediately reading emails. So I think we need to be uh, especially in this day and age where we have so much messaging um, around us that we take some time for ourselves, that we ground ourselves in the morning, um, you know, so that we can then take on the rest of the day. And I, th- I think at the, at the heart of it, it's staying as positive as we can, um, you know, helps us to really achieve the things that we want to achieve.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us.